Welcome to Whiskey in the Stream, where we play 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons in a homebrew setting. This is a real play podcast with adult language, big daddy root, and nonsensical whimsy. You have been warned. All right, welcome back to Whiskey in the Stream. Kaylin, you did the recap last time, so you are exempt. Everyone else, please roll a d20 and low goes. It's probably me. It is indeed. Root, what happened last time? All right, so we were making our way out uh, of the forest to town. Um, how many wooden legs can fit up a dress? Repair must know. Scarlet is on board for helping Repair get some wooden legs and a dress. Kaylin and Wren for and Wren further bonded. Um, guards were requesting our identification paperwork and to declare any dangerous goods. Um, we were concerned about getting Olaf, child, to town. Um, we decided to present the information that we have, including Amar's orders. And if the guards ask about the kid, we're going to inform them that we rescued him and inquire about getting the proper paperwork for him late here. Scarlet tries to hide her weapons, and we get through the checkpoint okay until the claiming of weapons when a guard finds out that Kalen is warforged. They did not like that and gave him, like, a hard reset. Um... Root interrupted things, uh, stating, like, what's the holdup? We're trying to get to our mission to meet the captain of the guard, and we want to speak with him. Um, at the same time, a regiment approaches with Captain Fizzlewin, who did the reset to Kaylin, and we all got very upset by this. We did not like that. Um, I handed over some paperwork from Amar, Vren magically mind shoves the captain, and then we get into a fight with him and the guards, who were apparently very um, high level, and we were kind of getting our butts handed to us without um, them really trying. Um, I entangled some guards, and they fired spears back at me and everybody else. Uh, Vren then started doing this like mind trick thing, and like mentally. Uh, disturbing the captain, thinking that he was getting attacked by creatures, and so then I opened up a pit and put him in a hole, along with a couple other guards. Kaylin half-heartedly attacked some guards. Um, Scarlet wasn't very sure if, like, we were attacking or not. It was kind of, like, trying to suss out what was happening. And it all took a little bit of damage, and then... Home Black Knife tried to help us out with uh, negotiating a surrender. Uh, Kaylin and Root complied. Uh, Vren and Wren were a little bit more stubborn. And Vren started launching fireballs, which created a fire tornado um, that almost killed the captain. And, and our, our new friends, Vren and Wren, uh, ran away. <laughs> And Root and Kaylin and the rest of the party were taken away to a conference room, and Cole has been trying to relieve the tension with the captain. So, uh, now he did actually manage to kill Captain Fizzlewin with that fire tornado, but one of the guards immediately jumped down to stabilize him. Um, and so the captain was 
saved, uh, but apparently very, very badly burned. Bits of his armor melted to him. Um, clerics were called out. Priests were called out to help try to heal him as best as possible. Um, Gurdon is with you all, but after he began trying to explain what the different seasons were, one of the other guards thought he was casting a spell, so they have muzzled him. So he is bound and muzzled and really, really pissed off, but silently following along. Uh, Norm, Repair, and Olaf were taken away separately with the wagon, as they are the three children of the group. Even though Repair and Norm have a... They do have identification paperwork, but it's for one person, Norma, whom Repair person. And since they are obviously two, they just the guards have assumed they are also children. Uh, conversations with their pair probably reinforce that. Uh, for Vren and Ren, you guys managed to meet up in this uh, small house. You guys are inside. Uh, you're tucked away in what looks like a very rarely used guest room of the house. And I'm assuming you're going to be chatting quietly uh, but let's assume that everyone gains the benefit of a short rest and this will just allow time for the group to be marched up into the office for Fizzlewin Fizzlewin's uh, medic review and for Ren and Ren to be able to sneak into the building after dealing with some of the patrols who are still actively hunting for the two of you oh we were going to start off with... Uh, actually, do you guys want me to wait a sec so you guys can work on hit die and stuff? Okay. My D&D Beyond crapped out. Uh-oh. I know rules is written for hit die. You regain half of spent hit die per rest. I just don't particularly like that, so I just say you regain half of total hit die. Because the way it's set now, if you have eight hit die and you choose to spend two of them, then your first day you get one back. And the next day you get another back. Uh, or if you spend four of them, then you get two back the first day, you get two back the next day. If The way I see it, you have eight. If you spend eight, you get four back the next day. If you spend three, you get them all back the next day. I don't know, I, I just think the weird hit die rule is a little bit excessive. Even after, like, a long rest? Yeah, you don't get oh, okay. any hit die back until a long rest, but the way the rules is written is, is just weird to me. Okay. And oh. D&D doesn't even... D&D Beyond doesn't even track it, because I definitely selected a hit to use two hit die. I rolled the hit die, got one rolled, got enough health, and now it just shows I had to use none. So... <laughs> I mean, I don't. I had experimented with abilities that use hit die to sub in to give you guys some other options. I think I did that for the shipwreck campaign, but honestly, it's just something else I need to keep track of. So as long as you guys are keeping track with it, I don't particularly care. I trust you to not cheat in our make believe game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who would do that? Yeah, yeah. guess what? Yeah. D&D Beyond is uh, not working for me. Wonderful. 
Let me quickly download my PDF of. <laughs> yeah, I, I did that myself just to be on the safe side. Export PDF. All right. Click to download. All right, just in case it's downloaded. <sighs> so, sister, this is my plan. Perhaps we should rest here till nightfall and then sneak into the city and effect a rescue of our new partners. I fear that, oh, I feel that nothing too terrible can happen in a few hours' time. Well, I agree. I'm just trying to figure out logistically how we could do that. How we could do what? Sneak in there and free them. Oh, I can just turn us invisible. It'd be easy. Or I can make us fly over the wall. It doesn't really matter. I was just saying we should probably wait till nightfall. Just. Oh, I, I agree. I'm just, once we're in there, I mean, getting in is not quite the hard part. It's getting out with these companions we have acquired. Well, we have to see what's happening. I'm sure we'll think of something. I mean, what's the worst that can happen to them? Hmm. I guess it could be executed. Yeah, that would probably be the worst. But suck. if that happened, I guess we would just have to continue on and find new companions. Well, yes. Though I am growing rather fond of the companions that we have. Listen, I know you don't have a lot of touchy, like, happy, fuzzy feelings about people. I get that. I just... I miss having a crew. I miss, you know, spending time with my crew. And I feel like these people, we could... They could do a lot of good for us. I mean, they seem fine. Let's just leave it at that. But I do have to get my apprentice, at the very least. That is an imperative. It is by rule of law that I must continue to training. So that's of high importance. And Caitlin seems okay. Root, I'm not sure. I like Root. I do. She's so different. I think that's why I like her. That does make sense. Now that you say that. You're both very impulsive. In different ways, of course. Her brothel father set us to find that man who was very rude and condescending and didn't give us our stations due. Right. I do use the term father very loosely in that sense. I don't think she quite understands what it means, but the man that she met that somehow she feels beholden to, I guess, yes, has sent us on a mission to just talk to this asshole. All right. So I think for the time being, I'm going to meditate and uh, just keep an eye out, and then we'll head in once night falls. Meditate on what? I have to recover my energy. I spent a lot on magics. I need about four hours of meditation. Beauty rest. It is not beauty rest. I hate it when you call that. <laughs> it is reframing my mind palace. Mind palace. Oh, And I'm brother. never letting you in. I'm going to shut the door and lock it. That's just like old times. You'd always shut the door on me and never let me in your room. I'm going to turn and pout and start meditating. I'm going to poke him. In the head. <laughs> Brown. 
I figure you guys would both be in the room together since it is an occupied house. Just the guest room does not appear to be regularly occupied. And uh, Scarlet, you did have to pick the lock to that room. So the chances that someone's going to come in is pretty low. But, you know, it is yeah. still someone's house. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't saying, like, actually ever leave the room. I was talking about my, my mind palace. Oh, my, my, my mental room. Got it. Yeah, that one you can lock her out of, and she can't pick that lock. <laughs> um, and, you know, as you get ready to go, you turn around and you see that Barnabas has been, like, trying to stamp. It's just kind of popping up and down. And in the dust on the floorboards, you can see he's trying to write out Olaf in Elvish. But like, you know, it doesn't quite match up. Um, and then, like, you know, once you said Olaf, he just kind of stopped and is just... So he's stuck part way through the A. But, he, you know, you just kind of had looked down. Like, oh, we need to get my apprentice. And then he just kind of stopped and looked up and was just sitting there. Yes, yes, of course, Barnabas. Just, just, I need to rest. And we'll go in once it's dark. I'm going to need your eyes on this one, so be sure you are ready. His head does a, a quick spin around, and then the the large lids come down kind of slowly, and then they sparkle the bright green jewels that make of his eyes. Boot, boot, boot. I guess I'm going to put an alarm spell first around the door just to warn us. All right. Is it going to be audible to everyone or just to yourself? I guess just to me. Okay. I can designate who doesn't set off the alarm. So obviously, my sister. Uh, yeah, mental, mental alarm. Sounds good. All right. And I'm going to assume you probably do that as a ritual cast so you don't have to worry about another spell slot. Yes. Cool. All right. So the plan is for the two of you to. Now, are you both taking uh, a long rest trance? Or just uh, you, uh, friend? That was my plan. I don't know what her plan is. Oh, we'll be taking a long rest? Is that what the plan was? Yeah, uh, we, we're elves. We can transfer in four hours. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. All right. So you guys set in and you get ready to do your long rest for a short time. So... As we pop back in to the city of Tremor, uh, Root, Gurdon, Kalen, you all, or three, uh, sat upon this large couch. Uh, it's sparse. It's definitely older. If there were springs in the cushions, they've long since broken. But as you are sitting there, your hands are not bound, but in front of, well, except for Gurdon, because they thought he was trying to cast a spell. But Kaelin and Root, in front of you are manacles that have these arcane inscriptions on them. But they have not been placed onto you. It just seems like it's one of those little threatening display. Like, they could do this. Uh, so it's sitting on a low coffee table. One that you are guaranteed to bang an ankle on. Uh, and probably trip over. At, at the very least. Uh, without being very, very mindful of it. The whole room is fairly sparse. Uh, Spartan, like much of the city, appears to be. Again, though, what you guys saw in that short little trek from the entranceway to the guardhouse 
it's again i wouldn't call it the same as the customs house that amar works out of this one seems a little bit more like a military guardhouse instead of an inspection center it's smaller there's uh i'm sorry i jumped ahead the buildings all along the street you can see that there's a lot of stains on the walls where there were perhaps wood or iron that might have rusted or paint that might have come down that's either been scrubbed or ripped away small holes speckle much of the stonework as well uh, this whole as you look across and you can see that there's new water damage on the door frames and windowsills that are swollen but not quite rotted away so it seems like a bunch of this is being introduced to the elements fairly recently but you make it into the building the room again is very very plain there is a desk set in the center of the room directly across from you all there is a large chair behind it high backed a very small leather upholstered center and windows on either side with heavy metal bars that go across it takes a little while you guys are not left alone uh, you are surrounded by guards. Most of them, however, are not the same as the ones who had been previously injured. Uh, Davos is there, the one who is crying out and seemed to have an emotional concern for Fizzlewind's well-being. And even with the helmet and the visor down, you can see that you know his eyes are red. He's got quite a few burn marks. Uh, he's received some healing, but it's almost like he's purposefully denied some just to have some extra marks and look a little bit more wounded than he probably actually was. Colm uh, is also in the chamber. Uh, he is right next to one of the windows, so he is facing you three directly. After probably 30 minutes to an hour, uh, another group of guards knocks on the door and Love you. Uh, another couple of guards come in and they knock and they come in with this large glass jar with a cork and wood stopper. Uh, inside is this floating off-white beach ball sized object that sort of hovers in the container. Uh, the container itself, you can see the liquid sloshes very slowly, more slime-like than it is uh, true water. The guards then set this up on top of the desk. And you can see that the two bicker a little bit before finally one of them seems to have lost. Takes the top off, holds his breath, and reaches in and turns. And as he does, the ball, you begin to see this mix of browns and yellows around a four-pupil eye. The browns and yellows making up the iris. And... Kaelin, it's an odd effect for you. You feel this almost like a short circuit in your lower abdomen. And it makes you feel a little... A soft, squishy thing might say ill or nauseous, maybe. But for you, it's definitely a, an uncomfortable feeling. It does fade with time, but uh, you're muted. It's grinding my gears. <laughs> It is. All that nice grease work that, you know, friend took the time to put in there now seems to be getting gummed up. Uh, root, for you, the effect is 
immediate and a little haunting, you feel a hard disconnect from magic. Oh. It already feels weird in a town where there's not, you know, where nature has been kind of pushed to the side. It's still there. But now there is a complete disconnect. You all are under the effect of an anti-magic cone. Gurdon would complain more, but he is incapable. Oh, muzzle. The guards seem to hold this dagger, which has this nice little light glow to it, and they pass it in front, and the glow fades immediately once it passes in front. And it comes back, it glows again. Seemingly satisfied, they leave. Another series of knocks, and you hear the squeaking of wheels. And being wheeled in to the side of the desk, opposite of Colm, you see a figure wrapped in heavy bandages, bits of metal peeking out. A small gnomish figure. It's pretty safe bet that that's Fizzlewin. Uh, many of these bandages curl up at the edges a little, and you can see arcane script go across. Uh, it, they do make a big point to have him go behind this floating eyeball. But he is in this large wheeled chair, partially strapped in, it appears. Um, but he's still trying to hold on to a sword, but it almost looks like the sword has just been wrapped around his hand. Uh, not the metal, but the, you know, wrappings have gone around his hand in the hilt, so that he is permanently holding it. Alright, let's see if this works like it did in practice. Alright, you little shit. Now you're going to answer my fucking questions. Actually, you know what? That's way more distracting than I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny, though. It was funny. What I wanted. It worked. Yeah. There's no way I'm going to be able to have a, a, an understandable conversation with that. All right. And just me seeing the math card just go wiggle, 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 wiggle. <laughs> I tried it with a pen earlier today, and it didn't work out so well. And I tried that. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, this is what I want. The effect still is there. I will hear well, that voice when he's talking. Just Perfect. imagine you have the pen in your mouth, or like, you know, the, the guy with the, the cotton straw. Ball. Yeah, the cotton ball, the straw coming out of his mouth. All right, y'all. Shit, shit. <laughs> yeah, so it's almost like the whole corner of his mouth is missing or peeled back as part of maybe the healing process. Maybe it was burned away. A uh, little hard to say because of the bandages. Um... But his voice is distorted, but it is still recognizable, even if some smoke inhalation has definitely caused some damage. If you don't answer truthfully, I want to start cutting pieces off of you until you decide to be honest. I want to cut one from you and one from each of the three brats of yours for wasting my time. Now, are you going to be good and answer honestly? Or will this start with you all losing something? And with the passive insight, uh, I'm just going to say both of you. Assume Gurdon's there, but he's just not paying attention. Uh, so both of you realize that everyone else in the room, with the exception of Colm and Fizzlewin, are carefully scrutinizing you. 
as you listen and react to his voice. Uh, I'm assuming you probably do a fairly decent job of maintaining your composure, at least at first. Um, as it goes on and as the voice gets worse, let me know if it starts being a point where your character might break. We'll go, f- we'll go from there. Halen um, right now is stone cold. <laughs> Motion's off. Yeah. Root has this look of concern and confusion because she's been honest the whole time. So she's like, I don't understand why he's mad at me. <laughs> Poor Root. I think. Kay- uh, Did Kaylin lie at all? I don't think I ever lied to him either. I think he just. Okay. Yeah. He. He is a bit of an idiot. In Fair. addition to being an ass. So I know that those two typically that go hand in hand. Um, so, but he is taking the hesitation when you're speaking earlier, the sort of hands on the knees, kneeling down. He's okay. definitely taking those things to be um, intentionally rude or intentionally being dishonest and hiding something, which for mm-hmm. him, the only explanation for that is lie. Right. Uh, and because... You all have seen people like this many, many times. I have no problem giving that away for free without an insight check. Um, but while all the guards are paying attention, there are a few that seem to be a little bit more insightful. Like maybe not quite as insightful as Root tends to be, but very close. Uh, Kaylin, you also hear a little chime. I think I can tip the scales for you one more time. He's going to qu- quickly go and how I, I don't understand the game he's trying to play. I don't even understand how he shut me down. Oh, well that, don't worry about that for today, you know, uh-huh. but I'll make sure you have an opportunity to play along and not fall. So just, just straight up honesty. Okay. All right. I mean, not necessarily. That's, you don't always have to be, you know, a good boy to play along. But, um, yeah, just listen for some some cues. I think you'll pick up on it. Okay. All right. Thank well, you. if this works anyway, unless he's, unless he answers to someone. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. I can't tip the scales anymore today. That's all right. Okay. I'll, I'll do my best. Okay. Bye. And get a little tinkle and fades away again. And it's weird, like the bounciness you're getting from the sister in the moment is more like the girl who found and you know fixed you previously than it is your other interactions with the Twilight sister. So it's this weird sort of mishmash. Uh, but it could say some unbalance. Some unbalance. So, if you all are going to be deceptive, please let me know. Because uh, they are definitely, definitely paying attention. Uh, so, he, so his last question was asking you, you know, if you're going to be good and answer honestly, or will this start with you losing something? I've been good this Oh, that wasn't time. rhetorical? Nope. Actually, not rhetorical. After a moment of, like, hesitation, he just kind of, like, cocks his head to the side a little. It's just like, oh, not, you know, main villain monologuing rhetorical question he actually seems to want an answer this time Dealing with the, oh you okay answer 
Um, we will be honest. Kind of like we have been, but we will be honest. Then kind of glares, checks with one of the guards who nods. Expect. Very good. You decided to play nice. So tell me, was it my fortitude against all that magic? Or was it the soul-crushing defeat at the hands of Corporal Colm here that made you want to cooperate this time? Um, and Root, with your passive insight, Colm is sweating profusely? Isn't reacting other than that. If you would like to make an active insight check, you can. Please. I just saw Ren's comment in chat. 25. Oh, nice. All right, for the podcast, the comment was, I can't wait to carve the mark of Ren on this man. <laughs> I do support this. Uh, so based on when Colm began his panic sweats, you get the idea that he has lied pretty heavily about the terms of your surrender. And no one else seemed to have corroborated or denied his story. So it looks like he's desperately hoping he's not caught out. You have a uh, fine soldier in Colm. Um, however, nothing but nice to you, sir. Oh, then so what about the vines? I mean, the hugs from my plant friends? It was just so you would talk to us. You were getting quite aggressive. And I, didn't, in the back like, I was hoping to keep you from getting aggressive. And yeah. Who doesn't like a hug from a tree? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> you, you've never just hugged a tree? Caitlin Fizzlewind turns stiffly towards you. Yes, sir. Uh, oh, answer to the question. Um, well, uh, your soldier uh, Colm over there, he uh, did do a good job of, you know, bringing to the realization that uh, we were outnumbered and the fierceness of your guards. And uh, through a brief parlay, we realized it was better to surrender. I like that, because technically you didn't lie. I'm not lying. Yeah, that is how it played out. It's well done. <laughs> um, and you hear pink, 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 and realize that the sword is kind of bouncing on a bit of the metal. Mm -hmm. Probably like a little footrest part that's holding them up there. Um, well, since he was acting on my orders... When we announce it to the people, I'm, of course, going to take the credit. Colm, you get to keep your promotion, though. So. Congrats, Colm. <laughs> you see an arm start to come up with a thumb, and then he looks to the side and quickly puts it down, and then makes a grim expression. And you follow his gaze, and you can see that there's a couple of guards who are now staring at him during this exchange as well. So, because it's fun, I'm going to give all the questions in his voice without expecting you guys to answer yet. I'm also going to copy and paste them into the chat so that Root and Kaylin, you guys can have a little conversation on the side, uh, message each other however you want to do that. 
call each other on the phone or something and mute the stream. However you guys want to handle that. Uh, to, like, corroborate on that, or if you just want to do your own answers, you're welcome to do that, too. Uh, but this will give an opportunity for me to do the heisty portion. Because uh, there's going to be a little bit of a gap anyway. So, uh, all right, Scuzz Buckets, let's begin. Who really sent you? What do they want you to do? What do they want you to investigate? What do they want you to do with that information? What's their relation to you? Why fucking glint scale? What do you know about the missing Beldari unit? Why do you think we had something to do with it? Why does your benefactor, except he would say whomever you guys tell him, is who sent you? Why do you care? Why help a shitty you were helping to destroy in the first place? Present that Remember question. <laughs> <laughs> What if you never show back up in Beldari? Why should I let you live? So, let me copy and paste these in here real quick. And then the twins, I'm coming for you now. Only after I post these, obviously. Sorry for the poop, poop, poop. All right. And twins. Um, as time goes on, I think with the trance... You're not aware of your surroundings during that time, are you? Um, I think it said you are... Remember some of the D&D lore was one way where like the elves are actively communing you, with something? You remain conscious. You don't need to sleep. The magic can't put you to sleep. You finish the longest of four hours if they're spent in a trance-like meditation in which you remain conscious. Okay. All right. I mean, most people who are in a trance are not very aware okay although we also get the advantage of changing proficiencies but i'm, I'm all set <laughs> um and then i think you can change out which spells you have prepared from your spell book right correct yep okay so you two come out of your trance it's Later afternoon, uh, you guys had gotten to the city decently early. Um, you can see where the sun is working its way towards the horizon, but it's not really sunset yet, but it's definitely starting to get cooler. Looking around, your alarm is still maintained. There's no real changes. Barnabas is still sitting where he was, staring up at you, Vren. But you do have the benefit of a long rest, each of you. Mm, I'm so hungry. I don't suppose they have food and ale down there, do you? In this house? Or do you mean in the city in general? Because I'm pretty well, sure... Well, of course have... the city has it. I'm talking about the house, fool. Well, I, I was asking what you were asking. That's all. I need to get so uppity. I'm sure they got something some... in the house. Well, I'm hungry. Well, get some food. How do you want to enter the city? That's my main question. Oh, well, you said something about making invisibility or maybe we could sneak in. I don't know. Sure. I can do invisibility. That's fine. Yes, I, th I think that might work out best if 
Unless, can you only cast it on one person? What kind of wizard would I be if I couldn't cast it on at least two people? Well, I don't know. I don't want you wasting all your wizardy spells. I I know you have limited brain power, so I don't want to exhaust you too much. I thought, as a pirate, you'd be good at disguising. Perhaps you have a disguise kit. All right, yeah, I got a disguise kit. We can, I can sneak in instead. If you know you want to just keep your invisibility to yourself, that's that's fine. I'm saying it's up to you. Why do we have to argue about everything? Because it's so much funner to see you get riled up. So how are we doing this? Disguise kit, or how about you go invisible? Sure. And I put on disguise kit and we sneak in. That's fine by me. Except I think I might have left my disguise kit on the, the boat. Look at in my bag here. On the boat? What boat? You know, the boat we came in on. You mean like years ago? Oh, Maybe. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that boat. I see. All right. Then, invisibility it is. I mean, I can sneak. I am a little bit sneaky now and then. I, uh, I, I take out in my pocket a little uh, eyelash encased in, uh, in the gum. I'm like, just hold still. Oh, what? Whose eyelash is that? That's, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> Just hold still. I speak the incantation and I say this is going to last for an hour. So I, I take her hand and I cast invisibility at fourth level on the both of us. Wait, fourth instead of third? Right, because fourth allows me additional target, right? Third would give you two. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, definitely. Third. <laughs> Unless there's a Unless you're also casting on Barnabas, which I guess would be for three. Oh, that's people. right. It's second level. For some reason, I thought that this would be the third level. So yeah, I so yeah, I'll I'll cast at third level. I meant yeah. Okay. For two. My bad. Uh, no, I didn't want you to waste a, a higher slot if it didn't need to be. Um. So you guys sprinted here. It took you less than a minute. If you want to go stealthily back to the front gate, uh could probably take uh, if you're trying to be really careful I'd say 10 minutes uh, if you're you know just being cautious and trying to go stealthy 6 minutes maybe 5 or 6 what if I pick up some ale and food on the way it would be floating with you but that's possible you know, you were supposed to cast this after I picked up the food and ate something. I told you I was hungry. Well, All right, what, mean, let's just go. We can get through the wall, and then you can find food. Fine, I'm hungry. Okay, let's just go. All right. Okay. Uh, you make it over, and you can see that there are guards that have put boards down over top of that 10-foot pit. That is partially obscuring the pathway. Uh, people are being wheeled around it. There's been a couple of people who fussed a little, but not much more than just making a side comment. Uh, it seems like no one is really willing to say a whole lot coming in. Um, I forgot to look up your guys' passives. I'm sorry. 
Uh, what do you need? Passive what? Uh, passive perception, please. 18? 11. <laughs> no, right. I'm sorry. Uh, that's insight. Perception is 14. Uh, Scarlet, you do see, you know, amongst the people in line, there is a, a decent-looking carriage, like a, a proper uh, probably six-seater carriage, two little benches on the side, totally enclosed, mostly wood. Uh, curtains are drawn across, and there is a hobgoblin woman who is currently driving it. Uh, her clothes are somewhat plain, but in comparison to the city, they're brightly colored. So she does look a little bit out of place. How do you want to get inside? Just walk through when they open the gates, or we could get in a cart. I mean... I mean, we can't just walk through. There's a bunch of... What do you mean, like, slip through? Oh, we're invisible, aren't we? I forget these things. Yes. All right, all right. Well, when they open the gate, let's just walk through. So, you guys do know that you make noise, still. And you are tan. Um, but, you know, you can be stealthy, you can make active stealth checks to try and sneak through. Um, could... There are other carts and things that are coming in and out of the city as well. They are all going through this check-in process. Uh, but it was just that one that kind of stood out to you as being unusual. Hmm. Do you want to just hop on the back of the cart as it wheels in? That's fine. All right. I trust your inclination towards criminal activities as the compass for this particular action. Well, I hope your uh, intentions are not are not intentions. You're uh, I can't think of the word. Let's just go. So I leap, yeah, I leap onto the cart. Okay. Uh, so you guys can try to go up to the front. Uh, so it is being drawn by two horses. Uh, then there's the hobgoblin woman on the front seat. There are doors on either side that would allow you to go into the bench. Runner boards on the side. And there's also two footman stands on the back. So just got on the footman stands. They're less likely to check it. Alrighty. So you guys slip on, uh, the wagon dips a little bit, and you can see that you know through the set of windows, the hobgoblin woman is looking back behind. She's looking over her shoulder, obviously doesn't see you. Uh, and then she, you can hear from the front, what are you doing? Well, part of the I'm trying to... Just figure out if I slipped into that hole a little and if anything got messed up. If I lose money on this property, it will be a problem. My name isn't Vyrick. Yes, yes, man, we know, but you're being suspicious and we've had some 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 super... We've had shady shit here today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the word was... Suspicious, and I agree, yes. Very strange things happening. Now, I have all due paperwork here, as well as the new deed for this cart carriage used. If you want to buy, I can do it now. Uh, very good. So, is there no other problems? Can I continue? <laughs> 
And to you as well. Get yourself a nice drink after that. All right, horses, hang on tight. And you guys, it piques both of your interest that she would say ask the horses to hang on. And it catches the guard's interest, too, who then is peering into the wagon door real quick, looking underneath of it. Also, obviously can't see you. Uh, There's probably a moment where you're holding your breath as you pass through. Uh, You make it into the city. And once you make it in, maybe about 20 feet, I can't see you, but I know you're there. If you're here from Salot, you'll never take me alive. I'm going to hop off and stealth away. I say thank you very much for the ride. It was very comfortable. I hope you enjoy your day. And I, as my sister drags me off, I'm hoping you're still holding my hand because I don't know where you are. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, The wagon comes to a stop. Oh, see, watch out for the cobble. If you think you're a pleasant person, but uh, come by... Obviously, you're not siloped. Oh, let me check out the horsey here. There's something wrong with the wheel. And she hops down. It's the opposite side from where you guys are, so you kind of like see her boots going underneath, and she's peeking underneath and just kind of fiddles at the wheel. You could always come by Zyrix, use carts and dealership. If you're not with the sailors, or I will kill you. So we need to find where they're being kept. Wait, yes. who? But maybe we could ask that lady. She seemed very nice. Oh, did you guys leave? Well, she started dragging me away, and I'm like oh, trying right, to talk to right, her. Right, sorry. Would, would you be quiet? We're in the middle of the city. Like, rescue our friends. Uh, so you can just tell me you're whispering if you guys would like, because I can't hear you for real. Oh, (laughs) I said, uh, so yeah, I'm whispering to her. I'm like, we could tell her, we ask where the, where they would keep them. We could rescue our friends because I don't know the city from anything. All right. Well, fine. I say fine. I realize you can't see us. And I apologize for that. Consent. And she grabs a handful of dirt and throws it in a random direction, nowhere near you guys. Uh, yes, we're, we're we're not here to to hurt you. It you you don't need to throw dust on us. I assure you. Please don't. These clothes are hand knitted. Well, not really hand knitted, hand sewn. Although there is the, the Shh, knitting, brother. But the buttonholes. Stop. Were... Fine. We're just looking for some friends who might have been caught up in a misunderstanding. We're looking for the place they might be held. Thought you might know this city a little better. They're arrested by a gnome with a bad attitude who does not respect nobility or anyone else for that matter. Oh, such troublesome horses these are. I should have hooked them up to the footman's board before I take myself to the nice closed-in Carriage dealership. And she's still looking around. And then she sees a, a couple guards on patrol goes by. 
Don't think I won't throw the sand at you. Well, let's go they to just, your dealership then. They they kind of like look kind of strange. I am studying ventriloquism. So now let me throw my voice. And she just puts her hand up. And you guys can probably see her. She say, fuck off. And I say, fuck off. See, I'm very good. Yeah. <clears throat> Getting back onto the carriage now. And I will lead the horses to my shop. Do you guys get back on or do you just let her leave? I, I, I think we should, sis. Yeah, yeah fine. Let's go. Okay. You guys hop back on. Uh, she leads you down, and you guys pass a lot of the same things that I described previously, where parts of buildings have been ripped off. Seems like a lot of those spikes, maybe, that should be on stonework, uh, being from the Shadowfell, maybe they were there and they just got removed for some reason, but they were removed poorly. Um, but you can see a lot of that same sort of damage. And it seems to be focused on these main streets. And as uh, this woman leads you off down to another side street, um, she's going very carefully and she kind of calls out where she's going and where she's at in relation to each other place. And every time she just says that she's talking to the horses. Oh, yes, horsey, you remember this is the main street. Of course, there we are passing by the guard captain's palace. And of course, I use that term jokingly, don't I? You don't understand. You are a, you are a horse. But other horses understand more than you do, horses. Stop looking at me. Go. Uh, down this road here is uh, a couple of decent taverns. Uh, if you need food or drink. Uh, but down that road, we don't go down that road. That road leads to the other port. That is where the shitty people come from, yeah? The shitty sailot people, yeah. They come in, they come in the problem. Hmm? That is just an opinion of a horse. Of course, that's not, not my opinion at all. Nope, the opinion of a horse. Fuck them. So, and she continues like on this way for a little while, and it takes a better part about another 15, 20 minutes of carefully going down these roads. Uh, she seems to be breaking for every pedestrian, whereas she should probably just run them over. Um, there is an incident with someone that's on some sort of small vehicle. It's got two wheels on it, and they're just causing a problem because they're holding out their arms, preventing anyone from passing. Um, I don't have an issue with bicyclists. <laughs> you are not a car. Stay in the bike lane. <laughs> this person is not staying in the designated two-wheeled vehicle lane. Uh, and Zyrek has a lot to say about it. Because the Grubhub robots have taken over the bicycle lane. <laughs> uh, I'm cool with the robots. No. <laughs> nice. Root is far less cool with the robots. Um, so, so yeah, I think we'll just kind of follow her to her or a hut. Well, as she's as she's saying the things, um, is that I ask her if the guard captain is the guard captain palace. Is that where they would put people who were just arrested for attacking the guard captain? Oh, what the silly horse! 
you know, they have a jail with the card captain, but that is only if you are a big, important person. If you are small fry, nah, they probably just put you in the stocks before they decide what to do with you. But if you big, important person, you might get private audience with the torturer themselves. All right, that's probably where they are. Let's go, sis. Thanks. I'm going to hop off unless... Yeah. Let's start heading that direction. And then the cart kind of bounced a little bit. Zwyrick Gantstones. New and used carriages. We'll come find you. Don't hire satyrs. Or solutions. Those is the cart stops. What do you know about those satyrs? She's like standing up with a runner looking back over, but it hasn't been enough time for the invisibility to wear off, so she still can't see you. If you're with Saylot, I kill you. But if you're with the Satyrs, I will have business words with you. <laughs> are you still there? And you guys are like probably long gone. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're headed that, yeah. that way. I'm interested to hear their answers, though. Even though All I know right. not, my character's not there. All right, so Kaylin and Root, uh, did you all come to these? Are you guys having to individual or collective? Kind of. I mean, I don't want to speak for you, Root, but it's kind of like we're both agreed on these answers. Uh, which one of you two would be answering the captain most likely or did you guys want to go back and forth and if you would like I can go do the question you can give the answer and we'll go back and forth that way if you'd prefer back and forth yeah I'm good with back and forth cool alright uh ladies first sure who really sent you I already told you this Captain Amar my dad I don't see the resemblance. He doesn't what know yet. Huh. <laughs> I have something he doesn't know he doesn't have. Excellent. So what does he want you to do? Robot. Well, I, I believe it was mentioned, but uh, we were told to come here to investigate a lost unit for one of the members was I had his name, his last name I know the last name's Logust it is Dalen Logust and to investigate what happened to his unit so that's what they want you to investigate then yes well Amar's doctor what does she want you to do once you investigate? Bring the information back to him. Now, I know your relation to Amar is apparently his daughter, but what about you? What's your relation to Amar? He's going to wait to see if he's... Oh, Metal Man. Yeah, oh, he's going to keep waiting to see what he calls me next. And he's just going to keep note of it. Every racist remark. <laughs> God, I will up my game. Well, uh, wait, shoot. In relation to me, well, he started off as uh, 
I guess you would call employer. We were sort of like interns where he had to sign off paperwork for us. We worked with him, got close, and by the time I left the city, I found him to be my friend. So that would be my relation to him. What about you? Which, why Why Glinscale? Why that fucking know-it-on-busybody fucking dragon ash? He was the last one to know about Mr. Lobo's whereabouts. I told you that already. Supposedly he has information. So that's why you're going for him. Well, what do you know about this missing Beldere unit? I don't remember whose turn it is to be honest, guys. <laughs> I got lost. Uh, Kane will just chime in. Uh, honestly, not much. We know they were going north. Something to do with the Silotians. They went missing. They had stopped here for some time. That's, that's really all we know. Amor's daughter. Why do you think we had something to do with it? Uh, no one said that. We didn't think that. We just were told to come here, ask questions. Don't know anything about who done what. Trying to find the truth. Do you think that we had anything to do with a whole unit going missing? You know, we share armies in this country. At the moment, no, because I don't know any information. I've yet to be able to talk to Professor Glintscale. I'm here, handed him my paperwork. Then we had, you know, unfortunate little miscommunication, mis misunderstanding, and now I'm here. Yeah, where you shut down the robot metal man. Too, and that wasn't nice. Gosh, that's a nice little segue. Walking weapon. Why do you care? Why does Amar care? Well, there's a few reasons. One of them being it is tied to if we can bring back some good information and if we can find out. For the podcast. Ren nails it again. Did he just call you a segue? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> You're gonna have to write that down for another racist comment towards my guy. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, m multiple reasons. One, we want to help a family we care about find out what happened to their dad and their father their husband who went missing and now they have to have a shrine to him and they have a boy growing up without a father Weird finding sludge his monster. only comfort in a stuffed animal it's a sludge monster but we gave him a puppy we did give him a puppy you gave a sludge monster in a stuffed animal a puppy and what's that have to do with the kids the kid it's a really long story, but the kid basically thinks he has an imaginary friend in the stuffed animal. Who apparently someone is inhabited by a sludge monster thing. I wouldn't even call it a monster. It's just a guy that was trying to keep him company. And we gave the boy a puppy so that he would have a more healthy friend. Um, but yes, we care about this family. Amar cares about this family. And wants to know what happened to this unit. And, and we also need to get pardoned. And that's part of our yeah. pardon mission. 
for the selfish side of things. Throughout the explanation, he's looking to different guards, and every single one of them is giving a confused nod. And even Colm is like trying to like give you a concerned eyebrow. Of, Don't. What are you? What are you doing? And he doesn't apparently pick up. You're telling the truth. He finds you difficult to read, and it all appears to be that you're telling the truth to all these other guards that are in the area, and they're all confirming it. And Fizzlewind just kind of sits back for a minute, staring at you. I can't come up with a racist remark. Oh, I got your walking wardrobe. A new one. Probably only be a wardrobe for you, though. I think that's the only size that can fit in the chest. You know, I think once I deactivate you, I'll I'll store my shittiest alcohol in you. Dude. Never drink shitty alcohol. I like it. And goes, damn right. Very well, Latrine it is. So you're giving a kid a puppy. Gabe. Trying to help a shitty, but you're very clearly trying to fucking destroy the shitty. I saw your rap sheet. You turned it over. Those were a series of unfortunate events. Kind of like accidents. Chaos yeah. happened from us trying to do good. This, uh, this one here piques my interest because we have issues with some of our business folk. You apparently like destroying businesses. Did you have anything personal with the Gant Stone? Hobgoblin man? I liked him. Made good knives. Oh, there's... You must have some confusion there. It, it wasn't clearly defined in the rap sheet. We actually didn't have any part in destroying the Gant Stone shop. Uh, we were actually tenants there for a brief time. People that were after us thought we were there, destroyed the facility, but that was not. We were not part of the ones destroying that. We were actually friends with the Gantstone and lodgers. Davos, make a note. Maybe we could plant these, you know, their heads or something at the other Gantstone's shop. See if they'll blow up that one too. Of course, sir. So you don't like the Gantstone? Okay. Ah, it's a problem. It's a problem, family. Hmm. Yours is Heinrich, mine is Weirich. Yep. So. I really wanted to say, oh, like Forkus and Porkus and Dorcas. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't actually going to throw that one in there, but that's, that's. I wanted to. That's in this campaign. I know. <laughs> I am Orcus. What? <laughs> These are my other summoned minions. Forkus, Dorcas, Forkus. <laughs> sure. Let's do that then. Uh Ren and Ren. Uh we had another uh previous party member who introduced herself as Orcus, the undead demon lord. To Norman Repair. Okay. And we're Norman Repair, Forkus and Dorcas? No, no, they were very not okay with the demon lord in their vicinity. Ah. So they decided that they would defend their meager property, which was more or less a tent and a sewer, 
against a demon lord. <laughs> You've met Norman or Pear. Mm -hmm. It went as well as you would expect it to go with Norman or Pear. Yeah. <laughs> Bless their heart. Oh. So, Awars, girl. What if none of you show back up in Beldaric? Well, then we don't get our pardon. Um, probably going to be wanted fugitives and criminals, and I really don't want that. And then I don't get to see my dad again, and I don't get to make him his bar. So I'd be very sad. Sorry, a bar? Yeah. Want to open a bar and call it Mars Play? Mars. Or Captain's. I'm still hammering out the details. So, basically, if you don't show up, you'll be sad. Yeah. And, you know, wanted. So, don't really want to be a fugitive. Trying to fix stuff. So, question for both of you, then. Why should I let you fucking live? Look what you've fucking done to me. First off. He did nothing. We did nothing. To you. You... If we're gonna be honest here, you've done more to us than we have done to you. Why would you want to kill us? We've followed your rules. We answered your questions. We announced ourselves. We gave proper documentation. We went through your scans. You reset him. You did reset me. You've been a little bit racist towards me. I mean, I don't see a lot of wrong. I see some misunderstandings, but I haven't seen a lot of wrong that Root and I have done to you. You see Coleman in the back nodding a little bit and then look to the side and grim face again. This one kind of glares. We did surrender. Of course. After we knew from Colm's fierceness that it was the best idea. Oh, Colm. He turns and tries to shift the chair and it doesn't quite move, so somebody else tilts him so he can look back over at Colm. Uh, also, just glistening in the moment. Um, good work, you. And I did try to heal some people who unfortunately got before the surrender and after the surrender. I was a little wiped out from being speared, so I didn't get to do that much help, but I tried. Confirm. And Colm peeps. Uh, yes, sir. They, she did uh, attempt to heal. Uh, several people were benefited from it in the moment. Davos, I didn't. Davos was out of range of the healing spell. Um, Seeing Fizzle and Twitch a little bit. I'll be back with my verdict. Uh, and you see him twitch and flinch again. You see the sword is shaking and he gets wheeled out. And the guards kind of look a little bit confused and then just stiffen up. And as soon as he leaves, they relax a little bit. Just kind of stand at ease. Uh, Colm stretches and then goes <laughs> quick little thumbs up both hands, then flicks it back down. Starts 
flexing at his neck. Just, oh, yes. <sighs> Twins. Uh, you make it over to the guardhouse. Um, it's very clearly marked. It's easy to find. Uh, there are, you know, long shadows in the street. But uh, it is a three-story building. Somewhat smallish, um, I think like two townhouses put together, and that's kind of this whole building. Um, it is marked clearly as the guardhouse. You can see that there's uh, an entrance in the front. There's a small alleyway that goes down the side, uh, and then there's there does not appear to be much of a building on the other side. Uh, from what you can see down the alleyway, if it's if it is a building. It's slightly better than a stable. I think, sister, you should get close. See if you can see in the windows. See if you see our friends. It's a good idea. I'm going to try to sneak over there and be stealthy. I'm going to send Barnabas with her. 20. Nice. All right. Um, So I would say at this point, you probably have about 20 minutes of invisibility left. just with Zyrek taking her time, uh, shouting out different locations. You guys went very quickly to the correct one since she gave you directions the whole way. It definitely helped. Um, so, Scarlet, actually, you would have advantage on that check. That's going to be a 28. Yeah. Um, Barnabas is kind of like on your shoulder going along with you. Uh, but you're going so silently along the street that he's not even shifting. His gears aren't making any noise. Your stealth is carrying over to cover him. So he doesn't need to do anything. Uh, You can see that there are small windows that are heavily barred um, at the first floor, and then beneath that, like kind of at the floor, uh, or at ground level, you can see it's an angled window as well where it seems like there's another little window that lets light in or at least air in uh, to another set so there's probably at least a basement with some sort of holding cell area Um, but as you sneak through around uh, in the alleyway in the front of the building you see some administrative offices Uh, you see other prisoners all look worse for wear uh, everyone in here is emaciated, heavily injured, especially those in the basement. If you catch a glance through there, um, many of them have active bleeding wounds uh, chained in place in small locations. As you make your way to the back, the stable is actually fairly well put together. Uh, it's a little jarring to go from looking at these prisoners in the basement and see the conditions they're in and see these nice soft brushes being hung up on neat pegs, uh, horses all with, you know, all their bridles are all set perfectly. Everything is just very nice and even and clean. And just smell alone, you know that this is a cleaner set than any single cell that you pass by. And there's probably eight horses back here. Um... The small little stable does afford you an area to try to climb up if you want to look into the second floor. Yeah, I do. Uh, Go ahead and give me strength athletics check, climb up, 
or acrobatics. I think it's close enough to the building you could do a Jackie Chan kick kick. I would put a penalty to the spell check, but you rolled a 28. So. I'm going to use my luck. Uh, I rolled a critical one. I'm going to use my luck to uh, re-roll that. Good call. It's going to be a 18. Excellent. Well done. Um, in a moment, you start to kick off and you see that where you're getting ready to place your or to plant your left foot there's a small little uh, horse pie <laughs> nice little pile that's kind of sitting off to the side and you know that if you had taken that step right there it would have been disastrous uh, so you catch yourself on the wall and then you jump again uh, planting your foot onto a, a clear spot of stone avoiding some of the hay and any other horse mess and catch yourself up very quickly up to the second floor. Um, so from here, you're a little bit limited to the back of the building. The alley, I'm not sure how you would get over there to try to look in if there are any windows. But the windows on the second floor and third floor here are much larger. Um, they're, I mean, they are, you could fit in there, no problem. But you do see that there are some metal bars that cross each one. On the second floor, they do appear to be more administrative buildings or administrative offices. They're kind of set up like cubicle pens uh, where you have several different guards who are sitting there just discussing things, writing up paperwork. Uh, and you see some what's probably white collar crime going on. A lot of people here who are either brightly dressed or they have a large sign that's being set up next to them. Uh, and they're being chastised by the guards. You can't quite hear what they're saying, but it appears that you know this sign and this person are somehow related and an offense. But it appears that like each one is occupied. It's not like there's like a single room that doesn't have anybody in it. Uh, so far, most of the rooms, uh, well, the rooms have been occupied. The cubicle pen, not every cubicle has someone in it currently. Um. Quite a few of those are empty, but trying to find a path to get through there without being noticed would be a little bit difficult. Right. You could probably do it, but it would be pretty hard. And I don't see any sign of our companions. Not on the Or anybody floor. that we noticed that was like with them before. Uh, not on the second floor. What about on the uh, first floor when we have, we're looking through? Not on the first floor either. Uh, and, and not in the basement either? None in the basement. Uh, there is a third floor. Oh, okay. Um, but I'm not sure how you would like to try to get up there. I'm going to come back down. Um, brother, I don't... I don't see them. I'm thinking of going up to the third floor to go find them. Oh, good. I touch her with my spider staff and give her a spider climb. I say, oh... You should have said that. Here, now you can walk on the walls. Well, this would have been a lot easier. I almost slipped in a cow pot or a horse well, you didn't manure earlier. You well, there. you gotta give me all the information so I can make sound judgments. Now hurry up, the spell's almost over for the invisible. Okay, alright. I, I climb up the side of the wall stealthily. Thank you for listening to this 
episode of Whiskey in the Stream. You can also catch the full sessions live on Twitch every other Thursday from 8-ish to whenever the shenanigans end. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and also the Twitch channel. Until next session, stay big from your daddy, Root.